mean, who isn't just casually talking about the big show show? It's the talk of the the town. I'm assuming we haven't been outside in at least <laughs> at least a month, so we assume it's the biggest the biggest show out I there. I mean, it has to be. It's like you know, people must be going mad that they can't gather in groups of more than five people to talk about the big show show show. <laughs> so I heard people yelling that from their windows today. <laughs> Sounded like let me out or I'll jump, but you know that's... it was actually there's this show <laughs> with this guy who's really big, and and like he's not really in it that much, but when he <laughs> is, you're like, wow, that guy's really big. And there's annoying children, <laughs> so many annoying children who have gone thus far unchokeslammed. <laughs> The Big Process is the name of this episode. Episode 5. Does it feel like we're five episodes in? I feel like we've never not been doing this. It feels like it's just been going on forever. What happens in this episode, Ma? Uh, While Casey struggles to adjust to life with no job, or Cassie rather, while Cassie struggles to adjust to life with no job, Lola struggles to keep her dad from spending too much time with her new boyfriend, who I hope gets (laughs) chokeslammed. I'll take a final cut at this point. That's a, a wrestling finisher move. <clears throat> Joke for everybody there. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. Plenty more of them to come. Maybe some more facts about Andre the Giant. And God knows what else, because we do cover some weird topics yeah. on this thing, don't we? I mean, the show does it to us. Right. Let's uh, let's watch this episode of The Big Show Show on this episode of The Big, big show, 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 I was thinking about this after we watched the last one. I was thinking, I was thinking, you know what? I I shouldn't judge people. You know, I can't. I couldn't write a sitcom, and all my ideas would just turn horrifying really quickly. I'd go to some dark fucking places with it. It would not be fun. I think I would lean heavily into it as being a satire, and I wouldn't change a word. I just like, <laughs> but you'd make it. You know, it was a satire. That's the best I probably do. But I was watching that, and I was thinking, fuck, damn, I like, hate, hate these children, like. I don't think I've hated the, characters like yeah, this man. in the, anything. This sitcom's biggest problem is that it's a sitcom. It, like, yeah. It's not that it's awfully written. Like there are stu- there is stuff in there. There's yeah. moments that like it's um, just when they have amusing. to go back to the the sitcom formula of learning the lesson and the adorable kids doing something and. But the youngest one never learns the lesson and is always fucking sarcastic about it. And they keep saying, oh, it's just JJ. That's just how she is. Oh, uh, you know, it's like fucking hell. Be parents you fucking ah <laughs> uh, so angry sitcom parents aren't good parents look at um, homer and marge like they should have done something about that bar kid a long time ago they never did when that kid grows up and goes to prison it's gonna be on them yeah so i say all people who give birth to children and choose to choose to choose to raise them and not leave them in the woods like i do are just the worst speaking of the worst in this episode jj gets a hamster the audience ours. Yeah, I didn't think they those, those soulless robots had any sympathy, <laughs> but there you go. They pressed the sympathy button. <laughs> we all know that laugh tracks are a thing now, but that takes that should take anyone out of it. Hey. Oh look, everyone feels so sympathetic. Everyone feels such love towards this tiny hamster that they can see from that way back of the fucking studio. <laughs> fucking get real, man. It's like those like old signs you say applause, laughter. It's the one that says ah. A big show makes what does Big Show do in this? Uh, his the oldest daughter's going out with a guy. Yes. Um whose name is Greg Turbo. <laughs> they keep uh, they keep bringing that up. 
It's, they gave him such a weirdly awesome name. And, and then they never mentioned why he's got that weirdly yeah. awesome name. Nobody is called Turbo. It's, it's just the fact that Big Show calls him Turbo a bunch of times and he starts calling him Turbs at the end. I thought it was going to lead up to a joke of some kind of, oh, my dad's also a wrestler, you know, the Turbo. Eater. Yeah. And that would lead to some, some like, arc, you know? That'd, that'd, that'd be good. It's just, be something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, he's they're trying to establish dominance and it turns <laughs> out that Greg Turbo is a huge wrestling fan and they, like, start hanging out more than... And they become pals. They do, yeah. That's in our B story. In our the big show oh, at the B that's, story that's, in his that's, own show. I'd say that's the C story to be honest with yeah. you, because more time went towards well the A and B tie together. So that's got to be the mum being depressed that she hasn't got a job, and the two kids deciding that they don't want all this mothering. And yeah, then, and then they it, have to help her get a job. I was again. very confused, like um, about the big why? show. Show. I was very confused. <laughs> I was very confused about why they tried to. What What did she do that was so bad? Like. She, she made some uh, IKEA furniture and uh, combed someone's hair the wrong too much yeah. and dust. I don't understand the the big show said she's got to go through her five points of processing and they only got to the first one and then we just never got back to it until the end of the episode. And that would have been like, uh, like a, a avenue for some jokes or something like stage been, one crying, yeah. stage two. It would have been laughter stage three. Well, you know, I don't know. I'm just making this up as I go along. It was still funnier than what they did because they had to shoehorn the kids into it, and the kids aren't funny. If, if like, you can't think of stuff for three kids to do, don't give your characters three kids. <laughs> That's an excellent. Give them point. two. Give them one. You know. Yeah. They could have done this with just the oldest kid as like the whole fish out of water. She's coming in from out of town, and the big show doesn't know how to be a father and learning focus, as she go. Yeah, focus more on that youngest kid character, build the world around that. Then it would make sense to give her friends, so you can see things there. Then you can do the dating story, which was the best part of that episode. You could focus. You could focus more time on that. Yeah, I mean, again, this is like the the catchphrase. Of this whole thing is who was this for? Like, <laughs> it just baffles me that like. The big show is taking third billing in his, a show that shares his name. <laughs> well, there's, there's a bit when he's like trying to big dog the Johnny Turbo pants there. And he he answers the door to him wearing his wrestling belt, which is like the first WE product we've seen. Like We've seen pictures of the big show in wrestling gear and posters and stuff, but the fake posters. Uh, the, the belt he's wearing is from the run when he was like corporate chairman. <laughs> when he wore like the business pants when he had Paul Heyman as a manager. And he's wearing it around his waist. And Big Show never wore a belt around his waist. <laughs> because a giant doesn't wear a belt around his waist because it makes it, the belt look normal size. In fact, I remember he had the hardcore championship for a bit and he wore it around his arm. And it was like, oh, that's badass. Look how big this dude is. He wears a belt around his arm. What's the tag team title? He was really fat when he had the tag team title with Jericho. What was the tag team called? Jericho. That was what the tag team was called. And he wore a blue singlet. <laughs> Big impressive, show. impressive <laughs> knowledge that you know you could should have been hired to consult on this. Yes. This show. <laughs> uh, that is... say like, aren't, isn't there a rule in in wrestling that you're not allowed to disrespect the belt in any way as well? Like, so you do, yeah, you, you I don't... don't know what this is. That's dis- this is disrespectful to the belt, isn't it? Just being chewed into this terrible sitcom. Uh, another point of order, Vince McMahon fact for you: Vince McMahon does not want the belt to be called the belt anymore because it sounds too wrestling. Cut of the championship. Point at the sign. Bark like a dog. <laughs> you point at that damn sign. I don't care if no one's in the arena. Nobody look at me eating this pizza. I don't need food for sustenance. 
Big dog eats first. But sir, you don't eat. <laughs> Figure it out. Did somebody sneeze? You're furred. Uh, terrible man. Anyway, I would um, watch a Vince McMahon show. You used to see like, oh, dude, you that would be so good. You couldn't make him heartwarming in any way, could you? I've said this before, like a movie, like a proper like biopic movie about Vince McMahon. Like there's some weird shit in his story before we get to like him being a wrestler. Like, like he grew up in a trailer park with an abusive stepfather and a basically a whore of a mother, and he used to go out and pick fights with soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this is, this, and the only thing we have to build on, like, oh, sidetrack. The only like, the only record we have of Vince McMahon's history is interviews he's given with cigar aficionado and Playboy. <laughs> he he's the very in ta- control of his own narrative, and that's the stuff that's got out there. <laughs> the two heavyweights of the magazine world, right there, hard hitting <laughs> journalism. Uh, yeah, so, uh, and another, de- he, Big Show rips a phone book in half to, to show how much of a tough guy he is, and then they make a joke about, like, where'd you even get a phone book? This is, uh, which I thought was funny, but then I was also making jokes about, who does he think he is? Danny Hodge, which wasn't as funny, but was a wrestler-related joke, so anyone who's a wrestling fan's gonna go, ha ah, yes, of course. Anyway, um, then, there's so many jokes that fucking fall flat in this, it's so bizarre, because there's a bit there when the, the kids talking about another couple that broke up. And they said they broke up because Lizzo's music wasn't for him. Okay, that's a modern person music band. I get why I'm not laughing at that. Yeah, fair enough. But then the next joke was, uh, oh, she also supported him through his giving up Diet Coke. Yeah, what was that trying to convey to in any level? That, I mean, that, that kids don't drink Diet Coke anymore and like we're so out of the loop that we don't know that? Or are they so like into that? Is Diet Coke like a... A thing. A joke like that needs everyone's... this much thought to it. It's not a good it's like joke. You have to explain the joke. It's not funny. But then they go to an escape room, all three of them, anyway. So it looks like it's going to be that kind of story where the dad becomes friends with the boyfriend, which has been done a few times. It's not been done to death. It's been done enough times. It's been done before, though. Yeah. And it subverted the expectation. You think he's going to be all intimidating, but they end up being best pals. Yeah. But then, you know, when they become best pals and you know that everything's got to restore to normality at the end, then you know there's going to be the bit at the end where they have to do like that. Oh, it's hilarious. He's breaking up with him because he's a guy. Yeah, that's That's been done too many times and it's exactly what happened in this. But anyway, they go to the, the escape room which is pirate themed and has the best character the whole series. Yeah, she was pretty... Yeah, bored teenager dressed as pirate. And she gave some pretty half-decent jokes. Like... She, she, she went in the big show, kicked the door down because he was like, I'm the big show. I don't like doors. And he kicked down. And that's the fifth door this week. There are too many wrestlers in Tampa. Great stuff. Well done. Yeah, like she was that. great. And I would just, I'd just watch like. There's no, never been a sitcom set in an escape room, has there? They could easily do like a work <laughs> hey, sitcom. Now, there's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's like so. There's some characters there. You could be like the the costumed actors, as like the people who work behind the yeah, counter, yeah. people who design the puzzles, and they're all like new people in each week to be the people. Nobody them. steal our cool ideas, internet. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna write this. Uh, and they also like the like big show and the kid are getting long dead well and then the daughter goes to board pirate teenager is like mm, is this normal and then the board teenager goes is this a normal first date and then the board teenager goes oh they seem like a pretty happy couple to me and oh, it's <laughs> hilarious uh great stuff and they reference um there's a weird thing they re- he references mankind yes but he said he, in an earlier episode he, he mentioned refer- referred to him as Mick Foley yeah um, yeah, because he they, like he's trying to impress them with his his wrestling stories. So that was weird. Like, why did he call him mankind? 
and they're all the same guy. Yeah. Is Dude Love gonna be mentioned <laughs> in the next episode? And it's all gonna be like a like some kind of meta level wrestling joke that only. And then we find out who the show really was for. It was wrestling fans who were very patient and, and like. <laughs> references to McFoley's three identities. As they are famously wants to be. <laughs> you know, they love they love sitting waiting quietly for things. So then we go back to the A B combination and the genius air uh, quotes kids have decided that they're gonna help the mother by pretending that she's lost the hamster. Yeah. I don't see how that's gonna help again, anyone. It made no sense. Like none of the, the their entire plot was based on, on nothing <laughs> and led to nothing but somehow made things worse it just every every choice they made was so far out of left field it's like why why are you doing this have i not been paying attention and the little kid congratulates herself for it as well like, i'm so smart i'm so it's like fucking hate you so much like <laughs> and uh, while all this is happening the mums hit tv rock bottom air quotes again which is another thing i hate it's when they do like a cut to and so like the way the person it's usually like like a woman eating food sloppily in sweatpants is a sign that she's hit rock bottom you know, actual rock bottom is just like laying in bed depressed. You yeah. Know? I don't know if you're going to show that on TV, but Jesus Christ, man. Give us a bit more credit. She didn't even get to the ice cream or anything. It's just like she was sitting on the roof playing a guitar. I was like, that's not, I don't know, too much, that much about depression, but I don't think that's a symptom. I mean, why can't she just wear comfy clothes around the house? Yeah. Why does she have to dress up in this weird fucking suburban mom clothes? Exactly. It's a sweatpants on a sign of being unhappy. The sign of being comfy. Fuck you. Yeah. <sighs> sweatpants get a bad rap is all I'm saying I mean you know they're, they're comfortable I used to own some sweatpants once <laughs> great days those shits, man. but you gotta take, <laughs> take them, them off. off now and then I, you <laughs> take gotta take them, them off. off anyway um, there's, there's a joke about how the mum like is well she's depressed she's saying like oh I lost um, um, we can see the kids are like we can just replace the hamster it's fine he's like ah that's what I told you kids and I when your your pets died and I replaced them <sighs> which is thing that's been done yada 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 but then there's a scene right after that when the kids are explaining on that joke further which is really weird to me because that joke is what that joke is oh yeah. I replaced your pets when they were dead it's funny because it's a weird thing to do but it's also a funny thing that's relatable fair enough but then the kids are talking to each other about oh she replaced our dead pets like, yeah, what did you think uh, your fish live forever? She said, oh, I just thought that it kind of just replaced itself. The audience didn't even laugh at that. It was just like a, an extra 10 seconds of a scene we didn't need. Are they just like padding the time or something? Uh, you know, maybe I mean, this is mid-season. It's like the midpoint of anything is normally the weakest bit because that's when like the cracks start appearing. Like, um, You've got through the beginning and the ending hasn't quite come yet and they haven't, they're like... When will the end come? <laughs> <laughs> In many different ways, I pray for the end. So the kids uh, then decide that they're going to catfish someone. They don't say who. And it's going to help because pretending hamster was dead didn't do anything. So catfishing someone's going to help. Um, before we find out who, uh, the big show who's been told he has to break up with the... Greg Turbo. Greg Turbo comes back from going to the batting cages with Greg Turbo. And uh, they do this sitting in the dark thing, like, oh, where have you been? And, uh, but then he says, oh, I've been out fighting crime. Well, which is funny <laughs> enough in this context. They get a good run of jokes in that bit, because then he also explains he doesn't like Doctor Who because he fears change. <laughs> which is pretty funny. Why do they have to keep replacing the Doctor? I get that. On uh, paper, this works. Yeah, it's not. On I mean, paper, the jokes work. Some of work. the stuff wasn't bad. Like, Someone in this room was funny. 
And I think it may have been the big show, honestly. <laughs> we'll never know because he doesn't get enough fucking time. Yeah. And then the, the, the guy who they were catfishing appears, and it's apparently a guy who's on Queer Eye for the Stray Guy. Yeah, Tan French. Um, he's the fashion dude. I've not watched too many of the new Queer Eye for the Stray Guy, but it's You've apparently... watched some of the old Queer Eye for the Stray Guy? I've seen it on, like, when it's been on, and I've watched some of the new stuff that's been on Netflix. Um, right. You know, it's like I heard it was, like, really good, like, cheery up TV and... It's not bad. I refuse to watch anything reality based. Can't do it. But he seemed like a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, came across pretty well. Didn't uh, you know? So obviously the guest star syndrome and stuff. You know. So like, oh my god, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a uh, Netflix synergy as well because they were exclusive oh, yeah, Netflix yeah. things, now, aren't they? But yeah, it's like you can kind of see how that goes. She he gives her a makeover. Um, well, you said like. It's exactly the same, but pink. Oh yeah, it's the exact same clothes she wears as, as uh, like the same like fucking short jash pants thing and skip. It's just she looks like a pink version of the normal character. It's, in. it's like you're cured now. You have a bright pastel. <laughs> Look how brightly coloured you are. That's definitely this, pres- this... nobody who has depression can <laughs> smile and, and hide it. This like this designer for this show is some kind of maniac because it, it's just like. <laughs> plain whiteness with these manic splashes of brightness just like look if you look at the still for the show it's just like the white living room with blue on the wall and then there's the blue uniform and in the kitchen there's this big green apple center thing with this otherwise white thing which this is what led me to believe when i first saw the trailers it'd be like a parody of sitcoms because <laughs> it is it hits all the right notes to be a parody yeah. but it isn't and it's playing it completely <laughs> straight which is just maddening so the uh, then like they say, okay, we're gonna wrap this plot up. Uh, come come to the car with me, wife. Uh, and which I thought was funny because there was a joke before about how um, his car must be huge. It's like, oh, we're gonna see the big show's big car. That'll be good. But they don't see the big show's big car. They maybe just go to a bus stop. Saving that for the last episode. Maybe they are, or maybe they just wanted me to get to my drum roll, please. Do a drum roll. The- yeah, there you go. What do you think I'm paying you for? <laughs> Big show. Oh, no, stop, sh- stop the drum roll. No, no you confuse <laughs> me. Shut up. Andre the Giant fact of the day. Day, day. When Andre the Giant was 12, he was too big for the school bus. So he had to get a ride from the a local person, from a person in the village, not a local person, who who had a horse and buggy. And do you know who that person was? Samuel Beckett. No fucking way. Really? Oh, yeah, Samuel hell. Beckett lived in the same village in France where Andre the Giant. That's grew fucking up. brilliant. Yeah, people have like written plays about this. Oh, I would love, fucking love to see that conversation. The, yeah, I, I I had a comic book, a graphic novel of the life of Andre the Giant, uh, and but made from interviews from people, uh, and and it's just like these. They used to just like talk about life while going to school. Uh, Samuel Beck would just wax for off. like, ah, don't fucking worry about being this huge giant musk of a man thing. Like, life's about the experience, and you're gonna have the best experiences. There's pre or post waiting for Godot. Well, that's a, a question and a half, isn't it? Because fuck, I did know all this because I did get into a big Godot kick. There, he wrote Godot while in exile. So, but. It did get panned by the French critics. So I think it was, I'm going to say before, but in the process of writing it. Before, so, the, way, before the success of when he took it uh, back to Europe and sold it as like a, you know, the the comedy that it was. I love the idea of like Samuel Beckett. I've got this idea for a play. Uh, I'll bounce some ideas off the giant kid <laughs> in the neighborhood. He'll give me some perspective on this thing. And Andrew the Giant maybe helped him 
Right. We'll never, never know. Him. We'll never know. He's a player I have not seen, but I've re- oh, seen it referenced seen so many times. Oh, yeah. it's, it's fucking fantastic. Well, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do a winning for Godot. Pug. It's so hard to fucking pick apart the... You wrestling I mean, fans, this is the, it. You people listen, you people, the people listening to this aren't gonna get. Maybe you do. I'm not gonna judge you. I, I'm a wrestling fan, and I like waiting for Figaro. I've read it, read it, and watched it. So maybe you will. You might. You know, there's so yeah. And then uh, the episode wraps up with the the big show was very nice and got uh, his wife a park bench to advertise her new career as a single lady. Uh, Real estate, real estate agents. Yeah, so she's gonna go to business as well. So yeah, so the takeaway from that is maybe you want to listen to our podcast about waiting for the good home, <laughs> which is like a two-hour play, and then there's so much to talk about about absurdism. To and there's, uh, you're probably not gonna. If I'm not, it. if I'm not qualified to talk about the big show, I'm definitely not qualified <laughs> to talk about waiting for Godot. Oh, the things we get up to on the big show show, <laughs> eh, Manny? Imagine that, like. Yelling for people to choke slam other people in the middle of this uh, with a amazing piece of literature. Dog, uh, and the tree that represents something. Or maybe the tree represents nothing. Maybe they are waiting for Godot. Maybe Godot is waiting for us. Anyway, the big party is the next episode. No abstract surrealism there. The this, big entire party. Thing, this entire thing has been an exercise in <laughs> abstract surrealism. The Big Show takes Cassie on a wrestling cruise. Ooh, wrestling cruise for their anniversary. Casey on a wrestling cruise for anniversary. Meanwhile, Lola, Mandy, and JJ throw a wild house... Oh, yeah, wild house party. Fuck you, wild house party. Yeah, let's see how many people get a dog stolen in this. It's not a wild house party until a window gets broken and a dog gets abused. Join us next time. (laughs) This is going to be... Actually, the wrestling cruise thing has some potential. Who do you think the drug uh, celebrities are going to get like the, the, the uh, drug wrestling stuff? Mick Foley's going to be on this at one point. Yeah, you'd hope so. I don't see who else they can get. We'll find out on the next episode of the Big Show. 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 show, 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 show. show.